The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and our guest Charlie Clawson for the very first time. I always like to have a first time guest on. We've got a few first time guests this month. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Andy Peters episode yet, Uh, people have been really loving that. So uh, it was first time for Andy on the show. He's fantastic. He's got an album out. Check that out. Uh, also, uh, this month, I'm going to put up a great one with Guy Branham and uh, with uh, Roisin Connerty. So uh, both first time guests, Charlie Clausens. But that, enough about other people. I've got a guest, Charlie Clausen, right here at the table stroking the blanket. So uh, hello, Tony Sam. How hey, are you? thanks for me. I want it all about me. Right. Well, Make now, it about me. Now the rest of it is about you. All right. Literally from here onwards is about about you yeah and often like. about what i think of you oh, or my right. opinions of you all right that's, that, that generally Shoot. is i don't normally i got a real that. thick skin oh really do you yeah that's actually the first thing i was going to mention was no. your thick skin no oh, well i mean I've, i've noticed physically thick actually, skin right. but mentally very thin i mean that's the, the weird <laughs> thing like a lot of people are like uh, hey what's uh what's tony sam like and i'm like hey, you know what Like, he's a guy with incredibly thick skin. I mean, you got to see it for yourself. Almost like a mutant. And then when you see it, you can't unsee right. it. Right. That's the thing. Well, for your listeners, I, I always feel like my voice, you wouldn't expect that I sound this way when you see me. I always feel like I sound like a cartoon. But you you I, do I, sound a little cartoony. I look like I shouldn't sound like this. No. You, You're right? It's unsettling. Okay. I don't even know what this means, but here's what... I, here's what <laughs> I suddenly realized when you were saying that it was like if Sesame Street, mm -hmm. uh, you look like if Sesame Street, well, you look and sound like the combination, right? <laughs> if you're going to put the voice with the look, yeah. it's like Sesame Street got pressure to put in a Jewish character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not the worst thing I've ever <laughs> Right. Uh, I'll take it. That's pretty good. I, yeah, I usually, I'm like a, a Muppet they gave steroids to or something. I right. Don't know. Well, that's your thick skin. You're a thick skin Muppet. That's, that's what you right. are. That's right. They're like, put extra felt on this one. Right. Yeah. I love the idea that somehow you genuinely do have this like, you know, extra layer of skin. Right. Like that, <laughs> no, like that you're part mutant. We've just like, created this myth, this pop culture myth now. Tony right. Sam, very thick skin. There's a there's a like there's a tiny Tony Sam inside you, and That's you're right. like a Russian doll. Like, <laughs> the nesting just, doll. There's just more Tony Sams. And this is like a like an eraser, I guess. It's more right. eraser. And yeah. I also like the idea that just like every now and again, however many years it is, you just shed your thick external skin and grow a new one, like <laughs> like an exoskeleton. Right. Oh my God! What if? Anyway. Like, what if there's a new medical condition about it's it's named after me? Ah. Oh. He's, he's got Tony Sam disease. No, no, I wouldn't disease. say disease syndrome. Yeah. Please, Sy please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it a syndrome. Thank you. TSS. He's got TSS. 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 And you could be like, but also the spokesperson for you. I mean, Hi, that's I'm Tony Sam, and I've got Tony Sam syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> 
TSAS. That's all the TS was I that's the every ship I own, it starts with that too. You know what the thing about it is TSS fun ship. I liked uh I like Tony Sam syndrome for your career. Like I mean I'm not saying that And here's why. Yeah, well I mean like with all due respect to Tig Nataro, who's one of the most you know fabulous comedians on the planet, um, you know, she got cancer and she got a career bump. Like it's, you wouldn't. She wish... got it to get a career. Bump. No, I'm not saying she got it to get a career. Bump. That's an entirely uh, one cancer, please. But I could pitch that show to HBO. <laughs> Someone who saw Tina Taro's HBO Go. Let's be fair. <laughs> HBO Go. That's not an HBO show. That's yeah, definitely Amazon. Only. Yeah, Amazon. You can download it on your Amazon. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, about some anyway, whatever. This no, but if you got Tony Sam syndrome. That's like suddenly you're on the talk shows, like you know, you and you're not just on stand up like on the Gehrig. talk shows. You are like you know, you're doing a desk spot. You know, That's you're right. there on the couch, like <laughs> Jermaine. That's right. I get to sit down. Like you're a funny guy, no doubt. No, but, but like, they don't want to talk about. It. They want to talk about my thick skin and my disease, right? right. Syndrome. Sorry, your syndrome. <laughs> I mean, and, and you've got jokes about it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, I'll have a solid hour on right. They're that's, gonna. That's that's what they're bringing me on for. Right. This is the guy who created a syndrome. Right, and then after a while, you can like sneak in your old stuff. Right. I'll, <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, uh, what's the deal <laughs> with gum commercials? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked enough about TSS today, Conan. What? What? A- <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of TSS, <laughs> what? What about you know? I had some weird jobs growing up. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, I didn't have TSS when I was growing up, but you know what? I did have when I was growing up some weird occupations, <laughs> problems with relationships. <laughs> Wow, good tell, segues. Okay, tell me about um, tell me about you. I want to know about you. Um, I know a little bit about you, but we don't know each other that well. I never have anyone on this podcast that I, I don't know or I haven't met before. It's not that sort of podcast. Right. There are always people who've who I like or have like stumbled onto my path. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, do you have any recollections of where we first met? Uh, I had we this, first met. I had this conversation with Hassan Minaj recently when he was on the podcast. Also, an excellent one. Check it out. And he, I told him about when I thought we first met, and then he told me when we actually first met, which was at uh, the Super Serious show at the Virgil, and uh, he was hosting the show. Now he didn't expect me to remember. He wasn't saying that in a bitchy way or whatever. Right. Like you. Oh no, he was very bitchy yeah, about yeah. it. I mean, he said it. He wrote a very <laughs> harsh blog. I later found about it, but uh, <laughs> on Jezebel, I got blamed Jeze- on of Jezebel. Course, Jezebel. <laughs> Um, but I realized then, and this is like the great punchline to this story, after we did that podcast, uh, sitting where we're sitting right now, I walked in my office, which I'm pointing out, which is this corner in the room. You were on a show together. There are posters over my desk of the show we were in together that says hosted by Hassan Minaj that I look directly at if I sit at my desk. If I sit at my desk, there is no other way than to look directly at this poster and I I make my living... So basically, you're a class A jerk. Right. I make my living observing things. (laughs) That's what I need to point out is... Right. Okay, so... Well, uh, you you didn't look at something you own already why you already seen it once why ever look at it again well i guess that's it right I don't but know. that's weird then that it's on my wall who's it there for well now i'm unsure about when we first met <laughs> you, no, you, don't, you don't need to know i'm just saying when uh, like oh but you, you know oh no, i don't know I'm, it was i'm, say, I'm, I'm pretty certain that it was uh when we did guy branham's 
magazine time podcast. That's exactly what together. it was. Well, that's what, exactly what <laughs> you I are correct. It was. Show him what he's what. No, no, I'm glad that your memory. It, it, what I more accurately should have said is that's exactly what I remember because it <laughs> may not be the first time. No, because I know that I I'd remember. seen you performing, and then when you came on, I I was like, oh, this is great. I think he's great. And then uh, yeah, and the show was fun, and we had a great yeah, time. Yeah, guy's fantastic. I've got an episode that I recorded with guy a few weeks ago that I I'm gonna prop. I, I may I may even put these up as a con- companion piece because oh. then it's a little. A, a little, little magazine story, time flashback. Like a little crossover. You know, that was fun uh, doing that with him. I never expected to actually be on the podcast with him. I was just going to run it. And then we. Uh, he's like, hey, you should you sit on here with me. And I was like, okay. Because I don't read. Like he, he brought us like People Magazine, Us Magazine. And I was like, I don't know anything about these. But then all these fun segments about who wore it better. And I was like, okay, I'll play. Right. And I had a great time, and he knows so much about pop culture. Well, it's one of those things, pop culture, although I don't know how you know about it now, because pop culture, those magazines have just jumped the shark. Like, they just make shit up now. Right. Like, I mean, I know in the old days there was probably a degree of them making <clears throat> shit up, but these days, you stand there, and like, I don't know how many babies fucking uh, Prince William's fucking wife has had, <laughs> but according to the magazines, I'm, I think about She's 20. had one every week. Yeah. Like every week. Every week. And she had twins for a while. She's like budding. I They're just popping happened. off. Her, like literally. Like a fungus. And they just print it as if it's a fact. Like this person's broken up with this person. That whole Jay-Z and Beyonce thing. Like every day there was some article in the paper about how Jay-Z and Beyonce. And then like now the tours finish and all every photo was of them just being like, oh no, we're happy as shit. <laughs> But we had a tour to plug. Well, Kim Kardashian and uh, I guess Kanye, they're getting a divorce. And I don't even know if that's true. Is it true? I don't know. I saw it just at a a, a Rite Aid. I was at a Rite Aid and I was like, is that true? And now I got to Google it. Right. I don't have to Google it. Oh, you just know in your heart. No, no, I've checked out. (laughs) I I checked out of it. For years, I had to do that sort of shit for like TV show. Like, you know, I had a popular culture TV show. Uh I did radio. You have to kind of be across like... Yeah, Big Brother and OK Magazine things and like, and then I'm I don't have to do that anymore. And I went, I don't care. Like, I'm not saying I don't like shit things. I watched an hour of a, like a holiday baking competition the other day, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, that sounds great. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't give a shit. Although there was this guy in it, it was brilliant. Like, you know when people get like too into what they're doing. Like, this is like, oh, yeah. oh he was intense. on the Food Channel. This is even by the Food Channel standards. Like this is way down the totem pole. This show, like this was not. <laughs> this is not one of their go-to. Wait, was this on Food Network? It was on Food Network, I think, or one of the two food channels. I'm not. They're next to each other, so I just flip between <laughs> the them. Food's Okay channel, right? So, and it's pretty like, and so it's four home cooks, right? And they're just like baking Christmas things. It's a holiday, or well, holiday Thanksgiving, like. Oh, it's a little like, early. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, it's early. like a holiday themed baking special, right? Right. And but at one stage, you know, when they did these interviews with them about how it's been going. This guy, like he finishes his first one and he won. He goes, I think I showed the other contestants that I'm a force of nature. I'm like, I'm <laughs> well, he's making gingerbread men. Steady tiger. You're making gingerbread. I'm a fierce competitor. Here's my upside down cake. <laughs> you, just made a, you just made a Christmas tree out of a cookie tiger. Like, right. you know, you're not, this isn't Braveheart. He, po- <laughs> he poses down after he fakes uh, some flambe. Right, yeah. You didn't grab the fucking cookie and like you slam it into the ground right. like you scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, Tiger. Right. You're on a barely rated you know, TV holiday baking show. I'm a wizard with icing. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh, all right. So I um I guy Brandon my love. Uh, Do your best, a- guy Brandon laugh. Oh, gee, people will hear it a lot on the podcast. <laughs> he was. We were. T- <laughs> We were talking just before we started this it's about so, like I'm, I'm trying to adjust the levels here on the right, thing, right? You probably blew it out. It's just impossible. I can't ride that shit. Like it's going like, you know, you'll talk quite softly. Oh, I had to edit his podcast. I know. Right. I was just like, you're, you peak every time you laugh. Oh, mate, he's like, he's like the anti-Hulk. <laughs> like he's, he's like the anti, you don't want to make him like, laugh. laugh. You wouldn't like, like, like me when I'm laugh. happy. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me happy. Because that's what it's like, though. He explodes. He but goes, it's such a genuine laugh. Uh, it's brilliant. You're like, you know that's a real laugh. The other thing I love about him, and people will get to hear it on the podcast, but um, this is like the opposite of... This is like this is how we do Chris Hardwick shows in um, Australia. It's like the toilets. It's the other way around. We do talking about the episode before people have heard the episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got coming up, Will? Let's talk about some other uh, episodes you got coming down the pipe. No, but what I like about him is he will... Cut through my shit and ask me a question. Like he has that great capacity to, yeah. and with love, and not in a bitchy like mean way, but just in a like he'll call you on your shit. And I, 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 I very much enjoy that about his personality. Yeah, I love him. He's, he's, yeah, he's one of the most smart. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met too. He just is so quick, so smart. Has something to say about everything. Love it. Okay, love um, tell me about you. I want to know about you. Where did it start? Where Ooh. do you come from? Well, I'm from Chicago, which I know that you recently visited. Born and raised? Born and raised. So There's a lot of phonies that say they're from Chicago. I'm born and raised so in the city. what I'm going to say about Chicago. I was just checking I didn't ash in my cup of tea. <laughs> right, you put it in your tea. Yeah, I, there was two. Well, there's two mugs next <laughs> right. to each other, and I, uh, I almost ashed in the wrong one. That, that would, happens that only in the bad. movies. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Extra you picked cancer. the right one. Um, so uh, I was in Chicago uh, doing shows at uh, a place called Zanies in Zanies. Chicago. Uh, just around the corner from Second City. And here's the thing. Growing up in Australia, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't an all of Australian thing. I don't speak for all of Australia, but I often presume to when I'm overseas. I think that my experience is everybody's experience. Fair it may enough. not be. Mm-hmm. With that caveat, I don't think Chicago gets much attention in Australia. Like, I really think the city, like in Australia, we learn a lot about New York. We yeah. learn a lot about uh, LA. Then it goes to kind of places like I think San Francisco, Miami. Seattle. No, not even, I reckon I reckon Miami, apart from like CSI, Miami or whatever. <laughs> but like, I think Miami is another one that probably is more well-known in America right. than it is in Australia. Like, it's weird which ones we are kind of famous for us, you Interesting. know. And then I went, so I went to Chicago with... No expectations of A, what the comedy scene would be like, or B, what uh, the city itself would be like, I guess is the best way to put it. Like I knew, I mean, obviously I've heard of Chicago. It is the second city. Right. The second city. I see, but hey, yeah, but guess what? I didn't even get that. <laughs> I didn't even get that until I went to Chicago. Like yeah. I've I've known they've been called Second City. Yeah. Like the the, the improv, the world famous improv company that I know so much about. Mm-hmm. I are called Second City, but it wasn't until I went to Chicago and realized what that meant. I didn't get it. I didn't get that joke. It's got the second best skyline in the whole country. It's, I think it's the first best myself. But, I mean, 
living in Chicago and then going to see New York for the first time, I was just, I was taken aback because I couldn't believe how many more buildings there were. And I thought Chicago had, that downtown was a lot of buildings. You know what I mean? I mean, but that downtown is a lot of buildings. Right. Because I, I had gone from Cleveland the week before to oh, Chicago. Oh, Cleveland's tiny. Right. But in my head, just because I'm an idiot, not because of, but... Or because Chicago has been keeping it on the down low or whatever. No, like, it's just it's stuck in, unfortunately, the middle. It's in the middle of the country where people seem to forget. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not in the right place. And yeah, Australians I don't think don't it gets go the there credit or whatever. It deserves but I sure. fucking went there and it blew my mind. Like it blew my mind. It was my favorite place I went. Uh, well, Portland and Chicago were my two favorite places I went in America this year. Like I just could not have, like I got there at night. Like, the vice president had got to town that day, so, like, we came in almost in a motorcade, which right. probably helped. Like, they probably helped the drama. You just followed them really closely. It's night. Yeah, well, we were stuck in traffic behind them, basically. Oh, but, nice. And, uh, it like, it took double the time to get into town, and, the, like, the driver was really... But I'm picked up by a driver. You know, you're at a comedy club. They pick up a driver in a big, like, you know, black car. Suburban. And, and we're kind of, like, you know, stuck behind the president's motorcade, and he's <laughs> apologizing. But I'm like, this is brilliant. Like... We get into town. I walk around like at night because they've got me in between where uh, Zanies is, North like Old and Town, and then like and downtown of the city or whatever they call right. it, right? And so it's the perfect area. You can walk everywhere. Yeah. Like I walked in the city at night. I felt like I was in the fucking dark night. It was awesome. That's a great neighborhood too because it's so old. Oh. The architecture is beautiful. Restaurants and the bars mm-hmm. and the like. It's on the lake and it's like you can walk around. Like I. But the fans, so this is what I was going to say, is the people who came out to the shows because of this podcast, because of other podcasts they've heard me on, not even that, because they follow comedy. You know what I mean? Like people who look at comedy lineups in other cities and see who's good or hear someone else talk, like because they follow comedy. Like those guys who go and watch high school football or whatever and follow the guys right through. It was, it blew me away. Now, am I wrong? No, I, I mean, I got my start there. I started out doing improv. I did IO. I did oh, second. I'm not City. walking away, by the way. But my new phone's being delivered, and I don't know if that buzz was there. So oh. I just got to get my phone and bring it over. Here. Go for it. I'll keep talking. <laughs> I got my start there, and I got to be honest that you know people were so hungry at the time when I started. There was only really Zanies was the only comedy club. All the other ones had kind of left, and there was a big heyday in Chicago where there were a lot more clubs. Uh-huh. And so we kind of started our own grassroots thing where we we made our own shows and there were just all these new shows popping up and so many great people have come out of Chicago and I think it's it's because it's such who. a strong tell me that because I st- I started to learn a little bit about that when I was there as well and I started asking around and talking to people obviously but I'm sure my name was sullied about <laughs> well I mean I said they said well, why haven't you had him on the podcast right. I said well I'm going to rectify that uh, give me a week and a half yeah so many great people because it was so competitive because there were so many great people so Kumail T.J. Miller uh, Mike Burns um, who else um, Totally. Oh, Hannibal Barres. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a lot of guys like Mike Bridenstine, Mike Holmes, uh, Prescott Tolk. Uh, just, I could keep going. There's so many people that I know that are so great and are doing so well. What do you think about the idea that when, when I started in Australia, a lot of people that I started with, like you could go back and find a show like 18, 17, 18 years ago. Uh, at Elbow Grease in Fitzroy on a Sunday, 
that probably had on it, because I remember, because I did these shows with these guys every week, that has probably 10 of the top 15 best-known comedians in Australia on that sh- Like, you know, as new comedians. Like, they came through in a wave. And I've always had a theory that it's a probably harder, not impossible, because people do come through by themselves, but I think it's like coming through when there's a wave of creative people, when there's a lot of good people around you, I think it is advantageous to you. Like, you get to do more shows, you're getting pressed to do new material, you want to, sh- like, you know, if someone that you are, feel like you're a contemporary of does something new or right. gets something or goes up a level, you're like, well, that's now possible that maybe I could do that sort of thing. Do you, what, what, what's your feeling about that? Uh, well, we were certainly all pushing each other and the show we all were doing together was the whole point was you had to do a new set every time you went up. Oh, okay. Right. Great. So you could not do the same set you had done before. And so it was to, to push people to keep generating brand new material. And that was the whole point. It was called Chicago underground comedy. It's actually still going. It's one of the longest running shows I think in the city. It started in, Oh, how many acts would you have on a night? Uh, I believe it was the host and five okay. comics. And, and so each that person the host, would do 10 minutes. Would the host also be doing, yeah, brand new material. They, they were given a little like more leeway because they had to bite the bullet at the if, top. Yeah, right. So, uh, but, you know, those shows I look fondly back on because they were so amazing. We started at this bar called Gunther Murphy's. It's now at this place called The Beat Kitchen. And uh, just those fans that came to watch the comedy, they loved comedy. They would come. It was five bucks. And, and I know it's hard to charge anything for a show in L.A., it seems. But... Uh, there are people they five bucks is nothing to see a great show with great comedians. I think that's a bargain. And it, particularly if you know that the show, I mean, there's nothing better than those shows, and they're still the shows that I love the best. Yeah. And still, if I'm ever in my life stuck in a city for a long period of time, like I've even tried to, and like there will actually be some stuff uh, here in LA next year. I'm going to do some stuff with the podcast, do some live shows at Meltdown, and a couple other things. Um, but. We're going to do the 200th episode at Meltdown on February 9. I might as well mention that now uh, so people can start making plans. Look for it. It'll be great. Uh, we're just going to have a party that night. We're, I'm going to rent the room and we're going to have a celebration, have all your favorite guests on and stuff like that and buy some beers and have some fun. Yeah. But, but, you know, like run some shows. Like run shows where like you have an audience that comes to the sh- When I first started out like going to comedy before I – like became a comedian, but yeah, I was interested in it. Right. The shows, and I go to like things every week, you know, but the shows that I would go to that I would love aren't the ones where you just like had the best lineup. They'd be the ones where you like, you got to know the people, you came back every week, you got to see them develop. Like I love the people that are trying the hardest. I feel, you know, they're trying to get up to that point where they are the best ones. And they're just, but that's why the meltdown show or two shows I did this week in LA, (laughs) I did meltdown on Wednesday and I did a hot tub at the Virgil last night. And it's they're both shows that have a core audience who are there every week and that makes them great Mm -hmm. and it also means that if you go out there and do something you've never done there before like that's the thing about hot tub i knew you know what the best thing for me to do last night is not my best material necessarily because i was only there two weeks ago and i did like this other set that you know would be the thing that i'm trying at most places at the moment i was like but they'll reward you if you do something different like and it was true, absolutely. And you love those rooms; they're the best rooms. Right. They're the rooms that made me fall in love with comedy. They're the ones that you you wish you could do all the time. To be honest, my ideal life is that idea of like you know that you had like if I had somewhere every fucking Monday night where I could just go and do twenty or thirty of new material, I I would, and people would like it. <laughs> <laughs> is that right, Will? 
<laughs> well, I think that they, I mean, I think uh, that they would. You yeah, know, well, right? you have to. I think you have to think that people will like your jokes when you tell them. Right, I guess so. So tell me how you got into comedy. And, uh, well, uh, I'd always wanted to do it. Uh, my high school best friend and I, we'd always talked about going to Second City out of high school. And it just didn't materialize. And I wanted to be an art major, I decided. And so, and when you say you want to be an art major, what does that mean in America? Because in Australia, uh, you could do arts, like a Bachelor of Arts, but that's more like humanities. You know what I mean? Like it's a general degree. This that, was like that's what actual like graphic design and right. and just you know painting and yeah. All okay, stuff. so fine arts probably like fine arts, fine arts, and maybe graphic design. But and, yeah, okay, so I know the area. But I had a girlfriend. So like you, something useless. Something that is a complete waste of money. Exactly. So I had this girlfriend. She's like, well, there's no money in that. And I go, well, duh. I just don't you know should anything do stand-up comedy. Good. That's right. a guaranteed look. No, no. So she convinced me to get a degree in molecular biology. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I have a, a degree in molecular biology, marine biology, and a minor in chemistry. Oh, okay. And... But I, as much as I enjoyed doing that, and I lived in South Florida, and I worked, uh, you know, in the Caribbean, right. and all that stuff, I just wasn't happy. Right. And By I, the way, just like, while we're putting, like, you know, a point on this, I like to create career opportunities for guests on the show. Um, you know, they're making an Aquaman movie in, like, three years. I should be in it. You should fucking write it. Why like, am who, I not writing it? Well, who knows more about, like, that you could, because they make Aquaman work, you've got to get some fucking technical shit going. That's right. You can't just be a crazy guy who controls fish, right? <laughs> well. Can't be. I don't know how much technical expertise I can offer on a guy who can speak to animals. I mean, like, you've got some creative license. <laughs> right, right, right. You take what you know, and you're Christopher Nolan, that shit, you know? What I need to do is uh, take out the guy who's already been tabbed to write it. I mean, or just, like, be a consultant. Maybe maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have to write it all, but maybe you could be like the consultant, the go-to guy. I want to officially put my name in the hat. Right, officially. I'm putting, I'm putting my name in the hat. Yeah, but with but, but smelt with fish in the middle. That's right. Because that's how you apply to the Aquaman movie. Right. Officially. Offic- They're like, come on, guys, I've got jokes like that. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> okay. So uh, you got your degree, uh, and then you decide what. So yeah, after a couple years of bouncing around, doing different various marine biology jobs uh i just was like i don't like this and i'm moving back to chicago and i started taking classes at uh what does marine biology involve well like i mean what's what's your day-to-day work day if you're a marine biologist well i mean studying it is great like the books lots of cool pictures lots of interesting facts the actual practice sometimes is you are you know, wet and cold, and you're on a beach at 5 a.m. digging through the sand, digging up smelly sea turtle eggs, right. and you're like, "Why the fuck would anyone so, do this?" Yeah, so it's the equivalent of the McDonald's, and you're getting burger, paid like the, the burger minimum. doesn't look like the picture of the burger right. on the because right. also it's so competitive that so many people want to do it. They know, like, is it marine biology is really competitive? Yeah, because yeah. it's everyone wants to save the whales. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, every, and also the oceans are rising. It's, it's it's an industry of the future. That's, <laughs> Everywhere is going to be. Well, all the so. coral reefs are dying. So right. oh, that's uh, a good point. It's funny. It was an interesting breakdown. How in Australia all, we seem to be dumping uh, residue and oil and stuff on our Great Barrier Reef. Do you is think that that's, it? Is that a? It might have. Would that be, I mean, it, as it's an, inconclusive. As an expert, we can't. We I mean, we can't conclusively <laughs> say. I mean, I have to see the research. I I do have stock in uh, BP, so uh, I have to just say I need to really look at the data. Right, jury's still out. Right, officially jury's out. <laughs> jury's still out. I don't know. I can't be sure. Uh, 
No, it was funny how all the females in the program, they wanted to work with dolphins and whales, and all the dudes wanted to work with sharks. It was weird how it broke down that way, right. but everyone I know, that's that's yeah. what they had started in the program, and so I just, it was kind of a funny joke, and... And but they'd all were willing to work for like at the time minimum wage was like seven fifty or eight dollars and like that's barely livable wage but to do this thing that you love so did it matter I don't know right to me it did I didn't want to do it okay but that's yeah but I mean it's the equivalent of like you know it's like uh, being in a sports like league or whatever like yeah, baseball I think is a great example I look at that yeah. like there's dudes who get like brought up from the minors or whatever Correct. right but until they were brought up from the minors. They're in the minors. Right. Like they were a professional base. Now they're a professional baseball player. Like now they're saving a whale. Right. But like. Well, I don't know if the majors in marine biology pays as much. (laughs) You're still getting paid minor league wages. But now you're in the majors. You can't take this to to court. It's an analogy. (laughs) Oh, I'll take it to court, you son of a bitch. I'll see you in court. (laughs) I'm an immigrant. My my, My opinion doesn't matter in your country. In fact. Not true. It matters more. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I've watched the I watched the midterm elections because oh. I'm trying to be a good citizen and uh, trying to understand that. And all I saw was people being mad about immigrants. And I was like, "Well, this is not nice. I'm, I'm an immigrant." <laughs> it's not nice. I think people were being. I'm not here to make the, upset about different kinds of right. immigrants. Uh, yeah, they said. But, yeah, my TV just said to me because I've got a fancy new TV. It just said, "It's okay. You're white." Right. <laughs> It's sad, but it's so true. It's like you're the right, you're the kind oh, yeah. of immigrant America loves. Oh no, you flew in from a country that supports us in wars. Right, you're fine. Like, high come five. on in. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Uh, all right, so um, tell me about uh, comedy. How yeah, does so comedy I, start? So I got, I moved back to Chicago. It was right after nine eleven. Okay. Now, did that have anything to do with it, or just comedy? Well, it, it was just I was on the beach that morning. It was so quiet, and. I noticed there are no planes anymore and everything is quiet. And I, I finished my job up and then on the ride home, I was listening to Howard Stern. And that's where I even heard of it. I didn't know anything was going on because I was on a beach secluded, you know, collecting sea turtle eggs. Right. And I just had this big, like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. I right. want to change my life. And so I quit. I loaded up the truck, my pickup. And two weeks later, I moved back home to Chicago. And, I wonder uh, how many people, and I'm not saying, I mean, obviously you were. How it affected like, them. But like I wonder, that. like, I imagine a lot. I imagine a lot of people, like, look at something like that. Yeah. I mean, because you do. I was involved in a car accident, as people who listen to the podcast already know. I've talked about it on another podcast, but I, um, I was involved in a car accident, and if I'd had a passenger, they would have died. Like, just recently, three days ago, and uh, four days ago now. And um, I, I'm perfectly fine. I hope so. Walked away from it perfectly fine. My hips are a bit sore, but like literally otherwise worked away from it. And it was a hire car, full insurance, no issue from me, completely other guy's fault. Like I was just in an accident. But also if I'd had a passenger with me, they would be dead. And you can't help but reflect on that like over the next few days and how that relates to your own life. Right. And you know, that thing of going, I could have died tonight. Am I doing what I want to be doing. Like, you know, that's because it does. And so I think those meta moments, those big moments also make people think, you know, man, it can be over straight away. Yeah. Am I doing, like if I died tomorrow, like, you know, would did I you feel, feel like, like I was doing what I wanted to do did today? Did you feel like you were doing what you wanted to do? Yeah, mostly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that's rude. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like email you on like, you know, Thursday night at midnight going, I don't want to talk to you. I can't waste my precious moments. No, no, the accent made you want to talk to me. Oh, yeah, right. No, I wanted to talk to you for a lot of different reasons. You've got an album coming out. Oh, well, it is out. Scaredy Cat, right? Scaredy Cat. Uh, where can people find that? How do, how do people... Uh, where, did, where did you record it? I'd like I re- to know this. I recorded an Acme in Minneapolis. Oh, I love that Which club. is one of the greatest places I've ever done comedy. The first place that ever, out of like LA and New York... Um, ever booked me for a week of a show is Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis. I've been back a couple of times since and I love them and it is a beautiful room. I absolutely agree with you. Fantastic club, great city. The people are amazing comedy fans. Like you're talking Again, about Chicago. They another great example love of comedy. Yeah, right. And that club And they're proud of the fact that they have a great comedy club and they follow comedy there. Cleveland's another place like that. Like I would talk to people after the show in Cleveland who say we come every week. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, in Cleveland, maybe there's not a lot of other things to do every week. Like, we couldn't get basketball right. tickets. So. <laughs> I think, but, but, you know, they follow comedy. Yeah. They, you and know. I think the greatest statement on their comedy scene and support there is that the open mic there, 300 people come to see an open yeah. mic on Monday. And I think that's crazy. And it and you but wish it's that great. Could, and no, it's I mean, a, it's crazy, but it's, it's amazing. Because they run it properly, right. like we were talking about before. Of course people will come out if they know they're going to see something new every week and it's a fun night out. That's right. You know, you can come out, you can have a couple of drinks, you can watch some comedy and there's nothing better than... I mean, people have heard me bang on about this theory a bit uh, recently because it's only something that's like come to me, but uh, is the idea that I think that the most honest you are like when you like ever until you really find your voice in comedy is when you first start mm-hmm. because you may not be being honest on stage but everything about you is apparent to the audience like you're at your most honest because right. you haven't learned to put up the guard or right. which bits to like protect or you haven't molded your personality or your themes or anything that so you're just a fucking human being that everyone can see right has this fucking outrageous dream like who are you like who are you to stand up on fucking stage and think <laughs> that you are interesting enough just with your mouth and your thoughts that but and it's there and it's compelling like when i started out uh, my first gig ever was uh, September the 10th, 19 years ago, and uh, uh, 9-11 had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Coincidentally, well, we don't know. The day before. We don't know. Has made it easy to remember the date. Uh, so September the 10th, uh, so it'll be 20 years, uh, September the 10th in 2015. And I started a room called the Espian St Kilda out the back there, and it was a regular open mic Sunday that they would get um, – a regular open mic Sunday that they would get 150 people to. They would have some beers. They would watch some open mic comedy. And it was great. That's amazing. You know, it was just one of those things where you're like, this is a great, right? you know, thing. We had, right. that, we had that same thing in Chicago. It's this fabled place called the Lion's Den. And that's where a lot of these people that I mentioned earlier, including Pete Holmes, who I didn't right. even say, uh, they all started there. And it's, people came to watch this open mic. Right. And here in L.A. you see a lot that it's just mostly comics waiting to get their spot. And they're checked out and they don't give a shit. And uh, they do their set, they leave. And But to have people actually come just to see those new jokes being crafted that's some that's kind of amazing to me uh, and look there's some gigs like you know you look at something like hot tub or like the super serious show where you know these are all very competent comics but a lot of them are newer comedians mm-hmm. and they, they get great audiences to those shows but they'll put normally have a few like 
special guests as well that kind of but the audience is supportive of everyone who does it uh i love that uh i did that uh, uh best fish taco gig yeah, have you done that fine. gig yeah again that seems like a group of people who are like coming out every week yeah to see people t- tell jokes standing up at the back that of one i get that stand. one's pretty amazing to me right. that all these people come to a, a taco restaurant. like it's, a, it's a, for people who don't know it, it's like it's in the essentially the like the what the outdoor area next door yeah, to the taco outdoor shop. patio a patio it's in a patio there's like people there's some chairs and stuff people bring their own booze and you stand up like not on a stage just at the front yeah and there's a bit of light and a bit of sound and it should be terrible right and it's fucking great it is awesome yeah i, uh, really I actually like just bit. started a new show at a restaurant called the backyard it's actually near plus the yeah uh, if you like fish tacos they give you free fish tacos that's right oh, oh man i actually i don't eat fish i had I'm never eaten there but i man i was like that is a fuck if i this, this would be a great gig for a young comedian. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd never eaten there. I'd always wanted to eat there. And then when he told yeah. me he got free tacos, I was just like, yo, blah, 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 blah. Right. Oh, yeah, let me do the show again. Right. Just because I wanted the tacos. tacos. So I was like, I can give a shit about I the tacos. Just give me the tacos. amazing. The shrimp ones are awesome. Oh, they both looked amazing. They both looked the same. They're battered. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can't tell. I I just actually started a show at a back patio outside at this pizza place that's just around the corner from both of those, the Virgil and the Best Fish Tacos. So tell me about this show. Uh, It's called The Backyard, and uh, it's at a restaurant called Backyard at 4518. Uh, Now, did... It's not. Is that the one that Gareth Reynolds did the other night? No, is that a different show? That's no, a different no. Show. What this guy Wes Hudson and I, uh, our first one was last week, and it was great. And it just you feel like you're in this really intimate backyard setting. It's open air, but there's these beautiful lights that are strung across, and you feel like you're in somebody's house. And I like that feel, and Me it's too. very comfortable. It's, it's very intimate. Uh, I do. It is close to the children's hospital, so occasionally you hear you will hear a giant helicopter overhead. But every time you hear that, know someone's being saved. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I don't know. You don't or, know that, or no, or, a child or is someone dying. is, or yeah. an organ. Someone's getting an organ. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I I had a, a joke in my set uh, this year. Spoilers if you haven't seen the show, but I've only got ten to go, and I've been doing it for nine months. So you know, if you don't want to hear this one line, right? Here it is. Here, it but comes. it's a joke about anyway. It's at the end of a joke about uh, Amazon delivering books by drone technology. You know that story, right? Okay. And so the, essentially, the point of the joke, I like, is that if you know, if Amazon is is uh, accurate as the drones have been in military situations, then you won't get your book. The book is going through the window of a hospital, <laughs> right? Okay. And pe- then people will be like, people will react. They'll be like, oh, like, and I was like, no, you're looking at that joke the wrong way. Yeah, they're listening to the wrong part yeah. of it. A sick child just got a free book. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny isn't it weird how people react to certain topics without hearing the actual joke but they hear one word in it and they just assume that it's something bad about that topic i uh, have a 9-11 reference and it's in relation to uh someone saying something offensive to me as an australian and me saying i don't run into mcdonald's and say remember 9-11 right <laughs> it's and uh, and the audience will hear 9-11 and just go "Ooh," and i go no listen Right. I'm saying that would be entirely inappropriate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst example I can think of. Right. A thing that you definitely would not do. But they hear that and right. they're like, whoa. It's like you can't say Hitler for some reason. Hitler always seems 
it's weird, but even if it's not even about Hitler right. or anything, you just mention the word Hitler, they tune out. Uh, always, it seemed like AIDS always was a, just the word AIDS. I was yeah AIDS. I was thinking about this uh, the other day, Hitler. I mean, I had thirty minutes on AIDS because you know how um, yeah, but like positive. <laughs> yeah, but like it's all really people. positive yeah, AIDS like, jokes. Yeah, exactly. Not not HIV positive. <laughs> right. I need to point that out. Well, it is not, HIV positive jokes. Yeah, yeah, HIV positive, but not right. not to be confused with HIV, HIV positive. positive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they're just pro HIV. <laughs> uh, so, I um. I was thinking about this the other day. Shoot. Because you know there's no one called Adolf Hitler anymore, right? You know, that name, once once Adolf Hitler. And every now and again you'll hear a story about someone wanting to call their kid Adolf Hitler or whatever. But, right. like, it's like, essentially that name is now out of the rotation. They've retired his number. Right. There are still Hitlers, though. There are still Hitlers, and they still could call their kid Joe Adolf. Hitler. Right. So. <laughs> it's mechanic brother. But at the time... Of Hitler. Right. Like Adolf is a really popular, like, uh, you know, kind of name in Germany. And Hitler was a popular, like, surname. So there definitely would have been a lot of of Adolf Hitlers, like just other Adolf Hitlers. Like he he constantly would be like, uh, you know, like when they're on the phone company or whatever, they'd be like, uh, yeah, it's uh, Adolf Hitler. No, not that one. The Adolf Hitler? Yeah, I get it it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not, no, no, no. it's not me, yeah, yeah, it's no. Not me. no, 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 <laughs> my accountant is Jewish, <laughs> I don't know what that accent is, by the way, uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, at the time, there would have been a lot of guys who were suddenly like, I, I had a guy on Facebook who said, like, just sent me a message once that just said, you ruined my life, which is a terrible thing for oh. anyone to send, because I don't want to ruin anyone's life. Like, I understand not everyone eh, likes 60, my comedy, 40. but I don't want to, really. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then I realized his name was Will Anderson. There is another Will Anderson I know who's podcasting. And what? it's not Hang you. Hang on, what? There's another Will Hang Anderson. Hang on, what, what's he podcasting hey, what? about? Huh? <laughs> it's about your podcast. Right. Oh, yeah, he's doing the it's Will It's very Anderson. meta. Right, that's good, it's I like Will, that. With two L's, Will Anderson's Will Anderson podcast. Ah, uh, it's like a quantum uh, like right. mechanics thing. Like it's a like Talking door. Dead. It's like yeah. the Talking Will Anderson. Talking, oh, well, I would so like that. So it talks about, it'll talk about this episode, the, the episode, another episode. I mean, i got to be honest with you, I would be totally comfortable with the Talking Will Anderson podcast as long as they only said positive and constructive things. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's Will Anderson positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, it, what was I talking to you about? Before we are comedy. Ridiculous topic. Um, so, uh, all right, here we go. This is what I want to say to you. <laughs> Get off Adolf Hitler okay. and other people have been called Adolf Hitler. Right. I just thought that the other day. I was like, the, for the rest, you don't suddenly just be like Dolph or whatever. Like, you'd have to really, you just couldn't keep being Adolf Hitler. He's ruined your name. Yeah, you'd be like Al or something. Is there any other Tony Sams? Uh, is that your yeah, name? you know, I actually name? I seek him out. Uh, it is. Everyone thinks it's a name I made up, but uh, uh, Sam is uh, a name that apparently my great grandfather decided to change his name to once he came to the United States from Greece. Uh, a common myth is that the the immigration office changed people's last names for them, but that wasn't true. Whatever your name was on the ship manifest, that was what your name was coming into the country. They had the option if they wanted to change it themselves but uh for some reason uh we can't my family can't seem to agree what the original family name was we don't know we always thought it was sinus opalus for all this time but 
God help me if we can't find that on any ship manifest because I've been looking like crazy. Uh, and I found this one that had uh, the name Sam in it that everything matched up, all the dates were right. And uh, my brother and sister are like, no, that's not it. It's got to be seen as hopeless. So I don't know what my family name is. Regardless, I don't know why anyone would purposefully choose Sam as a last name. Like Simple. It's simple, but it's also... It's to the point, it's one syllable. It sounds silly. It's a first name. Right. You've suddenly, and it's one of the, you've suddenly got two first names. I know. It's like, yeah. hey, take this and have a question <laughs> your whole life of, uh, yeah, I'm going to need your first name or your last name. I go, that is my last name. Yeah. I had that my whole life. It's like, Sam, uh, yeah, what's your last name? That is it. My sister, this is a great story. My friend story. Charlie, and I want to talk, get to your sister. Sorry, I interrupt sometimes. No, that's all right. But my friend Charlie, uh, who you are guest Charlie, uh, he and I have a friend called Ditch, D-I-T-C-H, Ditch. And one morning, still, one of our favorite things was hearing him. It, was a, it had been a very long night. You know, it's 8 o'clock Sunday morning, and we're, it's that last dregs of the people like who won't go home. And he's like on the phone to like the cab, you know, to the taxi. And you just hear him go, Ditch. Ditch. <laughs> Ditch. Like the guy's like, what is it? And then he goes, and it's in this world weary, I've had to say this a million times voice. He just goes, as in whole. <laughs> like, that's it. As in whole. Ditch as in whole. Right. Because <laughs> the guy's like, what? Yeah. Ditch. Uh, I, okay. So tell me about the adventures of Tony Sam having the name Tony Sam. Because oh, well, I, I am interested in my, people's names and what trouble they cause you. My sister's first name is Samantha. Samantha Sam. Correct. Sam Sam. Fuck off. No, I swear to God. What, uh, what, she, who, what were your parents thinking? No, and I've asked my mom that I go, they just why? Like, this will be funny? Why? And my, my mom's like, I like the name Samantha. I go, yeah, but you got it. Right. You, she had it. Yeah. Couldn't you just like say, all right, she's got Sam already. Let's give her something else. It's like, no, I just liked the, I liked the name. So we like, she let's could've see. Called, she could have called her Antha, which is an individual name. Right. And the rest Antha of, Sam. Yeah, Antha Sam. And then when she writes her name like <laughs> in implied. like official style. It's implied. Like, you know what? It's last name, first name. Then <laughs> it's Sam Antha. Oh, uh, so her. For, it's like in, a puzzle. She would sign it. Uh, Sam squared was her signature. Right. Which oh, yeah, I thought was pretty well, that's cool. Good. Yeah, that, that's but great. she got to marry out of it. She like the first. I think she only said yes to some guy just to get the last name. <laughs> right. But she's like, yes, yes, of course I'll marry you. And so now she has a last name, right. and she feels whole again. What? Is, what's her last name? Inchauskas. Inchauskas. Oh, yeah. that's that is really that's like that's, that's going that's like. That's like me, dairy farmer's son who's become a stand-up comedian. Right. That's like going the fucking fool otherwise. <laughs> that's like somebody who's just like, I'm a lesbian now. Right. Okay, right. Oh, okay, well, that's... Yeah, that right. is the most last name of last names. Yeah. <laughs> no confusing that. Yeah, she's Wait, just... I know a guy named Inchowskis, Inchowskis right. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going. Sorry, that's a still a first name. I'm going all in. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. You only have a sister. Is it just your sister and you? Uh, I don't. I have a brother. His name is George. Okay. Where are you in the? I'm the youngest. Okay. I'm right. the baby. All right. Uh, and I and I believe me, I really I accept that role uh, wholeheartedly because as the baby, you get to get away with more. Okay. What 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 do they do with their lives, your brother and your sister? My sister, I believe she does marketing for a health insurance company. I love the way that you are like, I believe. Because it's like I've never been quite right. sure what she yeah, does. Yeah, okay. It's a mystery. Because I don't care enough. No. <laughs> 
don't know, but something. No. Uh, like, I mean, that's very, I mean, that's the thing. Like my job, now I'm not saying that my parents or my brother and sister or whatever are like, you know, watching my things or listening to my things or whatever, but you can know almost everything about my job. I talk about it all the time. It's yeah. very accessible to everybody, but like the day-to-day of my brother's job or whatever, or my sister's job, yeah, no like are a fucking mystery to me. Right. Like, I don't know what you happens when you leave the house. Title. I know you have a job and you don't like Janet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, right. But I don't actually know how it works or what the job involves or I don't hear a running commentary on your thoughts or whatever. Right. So it is an unequal situation. I do admire my sister though because she does work out of home. So it's like, I mean, you have to really yeah, be Janet's in- her kid. The coworker she hates are her cats. Like, man, I got this coworker just walks across my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, licking its asshole on the desk. That is a clear violation of HR policy. Right. I imagine you could go crazy really quick just being by yourself all day. Luckily, she stays busy. But my brother got the cats. That's right. She is the crazy cat. But my brother, he teaches uh, health and uh, PE, and he coaches like high school sports. Okay, sporty. So okay. we are the complete opposite. Right. We are like nothing alike. It's like night and day. He has straight hair. I have curly hair. Uh, he's He stands like 6'4", six, six and he's just this big, imposing, kind of very right. athletic guy that very serious. How uh, much older than you is he's he? He's two years. And what was your relationship like? when you, uh, I've gone all Marin today. I don't know why. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when your brother first hit you in the face... <laughs> this is my new podcast, Will the Fuck. When did you first start hating yourself? Yeah. So I hated you when we first met. <laughs> Maybe I won't by the end of this. Uh, <laughs> we had a good really. I don't know. I kind of we. I always looked up to him probably yeah. because he was so tall. Right. But uh, <laughs> I mean, but um, but um, but um, that's a joke you can tell your grandma out of uh, the podcast. I know. We always like to have one per podcast. Right. Good. Uh, no, you know, he just. He was always my big brother. He was always doing sports and just was, you know, he was the popular varsity yep. sports guy in high school. But you were cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I got I, older. Because I, mean, I think that there's, like, uh, my family and I could not be more different. Like, all of them. And my sister and I are probably most common and, uh, like, most in common. And she's, like, now, like, a woman who used to run her own business, but now she has four kids and, like, yeah. you know, essentially is raising children. And so we don't have that much in common. You know, she lives in the house with her husband, who, like, she's been with forever. And, like, but intellectually and, like, just sense of humor and whatever. Right. My brother, who I was best man at his wedding, who I love very much. But, you know, he's a dairy farmer and we don't talk every day or anything. Like, right. there's no... But we like each other. Like, you don't have to, like, not like... I mean, anyway, I think that's an interesting area. I'm glad. No, no, I, was I, I really, what you I, I really wish because we traditionally had a people would have gone with like, well, he was the jock, and that's why I'm what I'm like, and he like. No, you know, I I admired and and just was impressed by what he was doing. I couldn't. I wasn't really into sports. I wanted to do sports because he did sports, but I didn't know if I really liked doing sports. And I knew that my dad liked that he did sports, so I wanted to do it so I could be just like him and have right. my dad like me, and. uh it just it didn't work out that way, and I was just more into just I love toys and right. uh, <laughs> I love cartoons, right? And uh, you know, You're I like, just Dad, listen to my voice, right? I was like, I want to be on TV someday. <laughs> uh, and so the older we got, the more we diverged apart, and now we're just it seems like we just live in these just parallel universes that, you know, he's got two kids, he's got a family in the suburbs of Chicago, and. You know, that's that's not what I want. I'm happy that that's what he wants. Right. But 
uh, you know, I just, I don't like the things he likes. And, you know, sometimes that's weird when we're at family gatherings and we're trying to have a conversation and try to get some common ground. So it's like, so how about, uh, how about those bears? How about, you know, the, what sports match? No, but seriously, that's why I don't understand people who can't do like at least shorthand conversation about sports. And even when I come to America, why I study American sports while I'm here, because I, if people aren't interested in sports, I'm like, how do you talk to other men at things? Right. It like, seems like the great connector <laughs> of people. So just know about sport. Just know it, like have two sports facts in your yeah. pocket. Like, wow, I heard they just got a new uh, coach. Right. Like, and then there's this, they'll go off and you'll be just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and what you, you said. Right. <laughs> Repeat some of that back later. Right. Just regurgitate what they say right. in agreement. Yeah, I heard he is. Right. Got a winning record I and it's not, highly offensive. I could not agree with you more on that because people <laughs> love being reassured about right. this as well. They want to know that for some reason, sports knowledge, knowing a lot about sports knowledge, mm. that makes some men feel so much better. Like I don't know anything about it, and but they feel that they're impressive if they do know a lot about sports. I have an amateur theory about this as well, which is I think that we are constantly at the back of our minds have a nagging knowledge that there is no inherent meaning to life. You know that. The circumstances of life are genuinely random. It's a, probably an accident that we are here in the universe in the first place. And to imply that we, like as individuals, will do anything to really change the world or be remembered. Like for most people, you know, like literally you, re you remember a handful of people a hundred years later. But most of us are insignificant and will be forgotten in the grand nature of the universe. And I think that if we acknowledge that, if our brains every day woke up with that thought and some people do wake right. up with that thought and they can't get out of bed. But I think that there's a, you know, a way that our brain functions or whatever and you can't control a lot of your relationship or your life. I mean, I was driving to a fucking gig and somebody drove in the side of my car and my life could have been over. Right. It doesn't matter if I ate healthy that day or like, you know, like went for a walk or right. did my work or whatever. It's just fucking over. It's just over and no one will ever remember me. I no, mean, you know, don't say that. Things, you know what right? you made me just think though, I'm going to interrupt, but because of the internet, I feel like a lot more people than should will now be remembered a hundred years from now. You just have to Google someone's name and we'll all exist in this cyber. Right. But even the access to being like, I mean, there's too much stuff. Like every, like you said, everyone's being remembered. It's the, you know, it's having a thousand, like I, I have photos around this house. I have like four or five photos that remind me of home. I have like a thousand photos on my phone. I never look at. Right. Because there's too many. You just keep like taking, it's it's taking, like when there's taking. a big menu and there's sixty different beers and I choose the one I've fucking had before. But if there's six beers, I'll choose one I've never had before because mm -hmm. there's too much fucking choice. Right? You know, people won't like because everyone has a fucking podcast and everybody has a blog and a Twitter. Sure, you'll be able to remember me if you want to remember me. But in the grand scheme of you know humankind, we have to kind of fucking block that out every day. Right? And people block it out with religion, like this idea that you can go. There's a set of rules that will apply to everybody, even though everyone's individual circumstances your brother and you who grew up in the same house will live and want to live very different lives how can you fucking possibly tell anyone that there's 10 rules that someone wrote down fucking thousands of years ago that cover <laughs> that off for both of you right it's fucking insane but we want to have some control over something that we believe has absolutely no control so we make up laws and we make up religions and sports is the best one of all because it's a controlled 
It's controlled metaphor for fucking life. That's why people like it. You know, people win and lose, but in a way that seems at least kind of fucking fair and understandable, as opposed to life where people win and lose in ways that no one can fucking comprehend. You can't look at a person starving in Africa or a child fucking dying of cancer and believe that there's any inherent fucking rhyme or reason to the world. But you can go, oh, you know, we've got a good team and we've got this quarterback and everyone's fit and we can control this. And there's these rules. I think that's what it is. I honestly think it's our just fucking cry in the universe. <laughs> cry for some kind of fucking control. That was, that was really amazing. In- that actually, I think, pretty much <laughs> I was like, where's the applause break on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> applause break uh but you know no, it's true though you know, i think it's really true uh i mean i am i am one of the few people that was put here for a purpose right uh, you oh, know, good. What, what is that purpose <laughs> uh i mean i'm uh i'm uh here to make people happy okay do you genuinely genuinely believe that or is that just something you're no, saying i do funny? i you know you you search for meaning when, of life. when when do you think that you have sorry I, I want to talk so much about this but i'm gonna pepper you with a bunch of questions just that you can flavor it with okay when do you think that you like were aware of this uh do you think that this is something that you were like yes this is what i have to do and now i'm just gonna like do it uh and see or is it that you are doing this thing and in a, in a way to make meaning of our life? Because I think that it is important for us to be able to get out of bed to give our life meaning. Right. I think this has, has meaning. There's no other reason for me to do this podcast other than I think it means something to someone, right? Yeah. I've created meaning in my life. And I've created the myth that like I wanted to entertain people and I went and saw Billy Connolly and you know I knew that that's what I wanted to do forever. Yeah. But I'm not fucking sure if that's what happened. Maybe that's just I'm backdating, you know, I'm like... Anyway, so I'm interested in your opinion about all that through your filter of like how you see your life. Well, I always knew that I wanted to... I As a kid, I would at any family function, I'd, I'd have to perform for everybody. Uh-huh. And I would just... It was kind of like, you know, the beginning of the Eddie Murphy, what is it? Delirious or yep. raw? One less. Where he does the yeah, the, it's a little kid. Yeah, and that was what that was me. And I think the only thing that kept me from going into it right out of high school was fear. And I think fear okay. controls us so much. This is good. I love this. This I, is great. I hate fear. Is the number one enemy of everybody. Right. So what were you afraid of? I was afraid that uh, my parents would not be proud that I. Uh-huh wouldn't go into try and go to college how fucking big is that though that's exactly my experience no because we're hammered from birth by what our parents want us to do and so it's just hit over the head with it and so i i was like well i have to do better than my dad and my mom who never you know they didn't go to college and i have to be better than them so what i really wanted to do was like i told you i wanted to go to second city right Right. which would have been like a college of a different kind but you know fucking clown college (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure my dad may have said those actual words (laughs) <laughs> you want to play grab ass at yeah. clown college with all your dickhead friends go for it it's not going to be on my dime uh, you're like you call me Tony Sam <laughs> right, you have, named me this I have two first names so have you heard of nominative determinism <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and and just being afraid of not living up to these expectations yep. that are put on you is what kept me but then I realized I wasn't happy doing what that I that I, I went into this thing I got a degree at something I, I liked I was interested in but I don't necessarily want to do it for the rest of my life and then when I went home to Chicago and did the first improv class I took that first class I was like I want to do this right. forever and I, th- I think there's something and everyone's journey is different of course 
But I think there's something great about having done something else and had that moment where you're like, I can't, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like these days, because comedy, like, you know, and look, some of the best comedians in the world come in as teenagers. But like a lot of people are starting like out of college or out of like even out of high school, you know right. what I mean? Like, because it's people are like, no, well, I'm just going to be a comedian now. Yeah. Right. And I always, and look, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of exceptions. The people who go, well, what about this person? And they were fabulous. Of course, that happens all the time. But you see a lot of people who have nothing to fucking talk about, but also don't have give up when it gets hard. Because I think if you've done something else first, right. you are like, I'm never, like, no matter how shit comedy is, no yeah, matter how never go bad, back you're to like, doing that. This, my worst day of doing comedy is still better than my fucking best day of doing that. Exactly. You know, I was so unhappy and, and doing comedy would come out in everyday things that I'd be doing at those jobs. Like I always be cracking jokes and I'd always be, you know, just trying to, have a little levity in serious situations that people are like, hey, you're funny. Why? I mean, why are you doing comedy? I go, I go, I don't know. I really don't know. Right. And it's, it's never, weird. never goes the other way around. No. Never hear somebody commenting on a fish at a comedy club and, hey, I mean, you know what? You know a lot about You'd be a great Marie. <laughs> no, I think actually people are thinking, like, wow, that guy would be better at something else. Right. <laughs> that guy would be really better at something else. It's yeah. not this. But they never suggest it directly. Right. Like they never come up to Specifics. you set and go, look, hey, you weren't really funny, but you seem to know a lot about carpentry. Right. So, you ever consider look, architecture? You know, you know they're having an open mic architecture night. Down right. at, uh... <laughs> yeah, just design a building. You get three minutes, design yeah, a building. Just, yeah, just a little plan. It's funny. My mom always is saying, uh, you know, you always have your degree to fall back on. And I'm like, No. No, I don't. I've right. been so far out of that world yeah. at this point. Like, if I tried to get back into molecular biology, I wouldn't know anything. Well, I mean, I, I know what I know, but like right. everything's so advanced, even past from what I knew. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Molecular biology up. isn't one of those things they've shut the book on. Right. It's like, well, we got it all. Right. We figured it out. <laughs> DNA. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Like if the like the human genome project, like well, we got it. We got the entire ma genome mapped. That's it. Uh, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> right? They just pass the out to guys. Well, we did it, boys. Now what? Yeah, all science clocked. Well, that was something, huh? Like they don't know they're just hanging around. Like, oh, what do we do now? What are we? I guess we'll go into comedy. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, alright so what brings you uh, when do you move from uh, Chicago to LA uh, well this is another one of those events that really changed my life a, a friend who I'd been doing comedy with for a long time it'd be he, amazing if it was another terrorist event no and then you'd be like that's your career it certainly felt you like only it. move from one thing to other around major like the Boston bombing oh great I right. can move <laughs> I only move on uh, natural disasters <laughs> and terrorist events. Right. Uh, yeah, I oh, know. I've just moved to California <laughs> for the earthquakes. That's right. So yeah. I can keep changing just my so life <laughs> for the fires and the earthquakes. It's like uh, California was designed after the end level of a Super Mario's game. <laughs> uh, no, uh, a friend passed away, and uh, he was a comic, and he was a very well liked and respected comic, uh -huh. and. We were a lot of us were just meandering in Chicago and not knowing where we were going with it. We just we were doing all the comedy and and, and writing. I can imagine too, though, because it's a big, it's the second city. It is so big. 
you can stay there and be working a lot and be part of a scene and, and right. whatever. But right? you never feel like you, you, you're going to the next level right. and you want to take it uh, up, a, up a step. And so when he passed away, it was very sad and the whole comedy community was just kind of in shock and, and it made me take a look at my life and be like, well, I can stay here and keep doing this and feel like I'm part of this thing that, you know, maybe I'll... I'll just stay here and not be successful completely uh-huh. the way I want to be, or I want to just take a chance. And I took this huge risk. I quit my job in a in a lab, and I moved out here. And I meth lab, right? It was a meth lab yeah. out of my own. <laughs> but I knew that I couldn't keep going on that way. I was making superior product, uh, but uh, you know the stakes got high. There was just I had to kill too many people, uh, and it wears you down a little bit. <laughs> I felt the product was was uh, the product was the suffering because of all the killing that I was doing to make my to secure my corner in the market. Right. I mean, that's what you don't think about when you get into it. No, you're like, I right. just think I make meth and make money, but right. no, you got to kill. Success you brings its own pro- problems that's as right. well. Like that's the thing. You're like, I mean, it's like a lot of comedians. Like you know, they get their own show and they're like, well, I didn't actually get into comedy to like hire people and like right. you know have to deal with like HR and like you know all these. This is not. I just wanted to tell jokes, and that's what you're like with your mess. That's industry, right. right. I like, make a really good product. Right. You just loved making great mess. <laughs> <laughs> T.S. Math. <laughs> uh, I was so afraid when I moved out here. I got to tell you, it uh, it just. Like to have such the unknown in front of you and, and just go at this thing that you just want to do. Right. Terrifying. And I and I and I came out here, I, I didn't have the I didn't know anything about what I was doing. So like getting a manager and having a manager, to me, I didn't even know what that meant. And when I had one, I don't think that I went about it right because I didn't know what the proper steps and what I'm supposed to do, what they're supposed to do. No and one so, fucking tells you. No. And there so should then, be like an information sheet. Yeah. On like day one. So you like, sour these what, relationships. This is what you can call me about. This is what you shouldn't call me about. Like, because I'm happy to follow the fucking rules. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure there's times there's things that I should call you about that like I don't because I don't fucking know if right. I'm meant to or not. I was so excited about everything that I would always I would send an email uh, or I would call and they'd be like and sometimes they'd be like you know uh, they wouldn't get back to me and I'd be like oh well mm. oh what did I do? oh is there so is there something that I type in the email well hello but so essentially you were doing the uh, agent uh, so the uh, client managerial version of like somebody who like you know have you ever had a girlfriend or boyfriend it applies both ways like yeah. this is a non gender specific joke yeah. or male male female female whatever yeah. LGBTI whatever everyone LGBT everyone, friendly everybody right. Open house, safe space is my point. Right. However, <laughs> uh, when it, when somebody's had the whole night an argument while you've been asleep, yeah. so you're, you've gone to bed early and that person's gone out drinking, they've got some like be in their bonnet about something they've called you oh no maybe they've called you nicely at the start yeah like and then you haven't got back to them yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not me how it is it's like they call you and say i love you you should come out tonight but you're in bed right you've gone to bed early <laughs> yeah. right and so then the next message is like hey uh 
Why don't you come out tonight? Why are you answering the fun? Like, yeah. you know, like, and then the third one is like, Where the hell? And then, but like the fifth one, it's like her crying or him crying or whatever. Go, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I just got, got a weird idea in my head and I just love you so much. And you get up the next morning and the whole fucking thing's happened while you've been asleep. Yeah. Like that's basically what you, like that, there was a version of that. Yeah. I mean, not, not that extreme. <laughs> But you Again, know, you're, when you're analogy. just so excited not, about something, yeah, you know. I, I agree. I know. But uh, now I, I I get how it works, and uh, I just I wish that this me would have been able to talk to that me and tell me, hey, just be be cool about it. You know, it's okay to be excited about stuff. But okay, so just t- temper that excitement. Well, you know what? You know? It's been one of these podcasts. I've very I've enjoyed this, by the way. Thank you very much for coming and doing it. Thank you. Uh, we're not what finishing yet. What if you, you said know. you hated it? <laughs> hey, well, I really didn't enjoy this, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't have said anything. Oh, great. That's the difference. Thank uh, you. Is well. anyone who and now you can, everyone will go back and listen to the podcast again? <laughs> Which ones did he say nothing to? <laughs> it's not a That's a great drinking game. It's pretty easy to work it out. Uh, so, um, uh, no, this is what I was going to uh, say to you. Uh, what Now I've lost the train of thought was what I was saying. What were you just saying to me then? About managers. and Oh, managers. Okay. So, you can't say it to yourself, but you can say it to like the, our audience or to me and people who listen to this, you know, many of whom, some of whom, uh, will be in that position at some stage or some equivalent position will learn lessons from that. What, what, what would you have said to yourself? Like, knowing now what you didn't know then what would you what advice would you give yourself because i i definitely have some that i would give myself but what would you give yourself uh to the me that just moved out here i'd be go for it every day uh don't you know don't i mean it's okay to take a break and live but just keep just keep at it keep positive don't worry about whatever other people are doing Uh when you focus on other people's successes then it it turns what you're doing on its head for the wrong reason, I think. You're like, well, they got this, yep. but why didn't I get this? Well, it doesn't matter if they got it because that's not anything to do with you. That's right. something good for them, and that's great, but it should... Why, why if, did they get it, though? And and who do they know? Right, how but that's what that? you... Yeah, that's like, well... How did they well, get that? Well, who... How did they... <laughs> how did you... So, could you tell me who do you do you know who do you know someone over there? They're looking for another guy, right? And that's with the voices. You just keep you just keep hearing those voices in your head, and you're like, man, the the guy in my brain is this fucking insecure shithead who should just shut up. It's hard though. That's a hard thing to I know, but deal with. My life seems so much better now that I try to focus on you know what am I doing to make things happen for myself. And the other thing that I would say about that. which I sincerely think is that I don't think sometimes as comedians we take enough time to realize like that you're already doing it. Like, you know, you're already living your dream. Like you you had a dream about something, you know, and I'll actually, we we need to get back to that still a little bit more. I want to, cause I want to know like how you, like how that kind of manifested itself. But I, you had a dream and now you're doing that. Like most kids don't get to say that. Most people who have their jobs go to their jobs and, you know, like their job or don't like their right. job or like hate their job. Like some people's job is only the thing they do until they can do the things they enjoy. You know, like, you know right. I mean? like that's, the, and you are doing the job that you, like the life, the thing, entertaining people. Like right. being, you're already doing that. Like that's a victory every fucking day, I well, think. This past year, like I look back because my birthday is actually tomorrow. I oh, is it really? That. Yeah, this is my birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> thank I'm you. Gonna, Will. Well, maybe I'll put this up for your birthday. That's oh, good. Thank you. Hang on. So what, that's November twelfth, right? November twelfth. That's my mother's birthday. Get out of here. No, it's true. 
It's a great birthday. I always like November birthdays because you know everyone was having sex on Valentine's Day. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's right. All right. So this is why there's so many Valentines there. I mean, November birthdays. I've never thought uh, about But that. happy birthday to your mom as well. Right. So, well, uh, happy birthday to my mom and happy Valentine's Day fuck. <laughs> what was I going to say? What were we just talking <laughs> <laughs> now you're really in the theme of this podcast. It's like anytime we get to the point where it's like, uh, so uh, we were talking about uh, tomorrow being your birthday. Was there anything? No, it was no? before that. Before. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, no, I just forgot. I had something really great to say. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens a lot. Oh, oh I was looking back at this last year of my life, oh, and yeah. I was like, I've written for a couple TV shows, mm-hmm. and my this album that's coming out is like, I'm so proud of it because, you know, a lot of people, I feel like they rush sometimes the album. Uh-huh. And I waited to make sure that it was the best thing I could release, and and I and I look and I say, you know, this is this is what I want to be doing, and this is I'm doing things that are making me happy, and I feel like I'm contributing, and and I feel like I was able to get jobs in television having no experience going to school uh, or or college for that, and but just parlaying all the experience I had doing comedy into getting a job in television, which is amazing to me. I love the word that you just used then, contributing. Contributing. That's an interesting way of putting it. I'm contributing. What do you mean by that? Well, if you look at comedy as this this entity that will keep growing and living only if people do comedy and right. and make and create, then I am contributing every time I, I You know do what? A it's very it's very much an industry that exi- it only exists cuz the thing I always say to people about comedy, you don't have to like my comedy, uh, but I've never dug anything out of the ground. I've never exploited somebody else to like, you know, maybe, you know, you know like I just create something out of my head that I take on tour that employs people, that people come and enjoy yeah. and hopefully makes the world a, like, you know, like I'm not saying I'm not fucking saving lives or doing anything major. No one will remember me, but I, you know, it's it's a nice way to go. I'm contributing, and I think that you contribute not only to comedy, yes, because without people making up right. comedy and doing comedy, comedy but doesn't exist. Scheme. But in the grand scheme of the world, you're just going well. You know, when creating something out of our heads and like it employs people and it gives people somewhere to go and be in a community together, and it's it's nice. It's a nice word. I like that you use contributing. I think it's a very underused and and very lovely way of putting it thank you now okay so with that said <laughs> with that said <laughs> you like hammering I fucking me. hate you <laughs> why are you so anti-semitic <laughs> <laughs> Samedic. Uh, anti-semitic yeah it was only it was <laughs> i hate anti- the last name sam <laughs> I'm anti- all right um uh, I want to put a button on a couple of things, uh, which is uh, the first one, uh, which is, so you think that you always wanted, like you think that it was in your head to be funny. You think that it is a calling or a... I don't or, think you think of it. It just, it's you. It's who you are. I mean, uh, you know in your heart that that's what you want to do. I just think, like I said, it's what keeps people from doing the things they know that they really want to do. It's fear. So when you say, look at fear and say, fuck you... That's when you're just. That's when you can be free and do the things you really want to do. Oh, I love that because that was. This was like an episode of Sesame Street where like the Muppet got serious in the end. <laughs> <laughs> right, but a, but a human Muppet. Davis, like, so uh, you gotta look fear in the face and say, 
Fuck you. Fuck you, fear. Fuck you, fear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which brings us to, and we'll, and we'll finish up about this, uh, about the album. So we, it was recorded in uh, Minneapolis at Acme mm-hmm. uh, and we got to there. Um, did you record one show? Did you record a couple of shows? We recorded a couple. Did you uh, but mostly use one show? Yeah, but honestly, it was the first uh, two nights. Everything, you know, I just basically just did the same material and just took the best of it. But uh, the crowds were so great. I was like, after the first two nights, we got it. And then I just was able to have fun the rest of the time. And I just I just really liked it. And I just think that city's so cool. Okay, so where can people find the album? How, uh, do, they, how can, do they get it? They can find it on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google Play, anywhere. Okay, so it is. It's all it's, over the it's place. Everywhere. And Australians will be able to get it as well. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, cool. If they are smart. Okay, well, they'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like they don't have to be smart. No, I mean, uh, if, if they if they get it, then they're all right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, to that, me, that's that's a that's the smart yeah, move. Yeah, it's smart move for your yeah, individual for me. perspective. <laughs> As I, I said earlier, well, what might be right for you may not be right for some. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, contribute to me. Yeah, no, but this is like, I mean, and I say this all the time, and I don't want to be become one of those podcasts where I fucking lecture the audience every week about this, but I mean it in a very nice way, uh, which is when people come on, like, you know, you come over here for free to come and have a chat to me, and like, if, if people liked you, it's not compulsory to go and buy your album, but if people liked oh, you, of course. They, they can then go and like, be like, oh yeah, I really like that guy. I would love to hear his album, and that's a nice way of supporting the podcast. Would, if you, would if you, you like it the if guests, someone then, hated you so much to buy your album out of spite? Uh, I'll show this. I'll show this son of a bitch. I'll buy his album. I I'll bet. show him. How's <laughs> here? I'm going to tell you a fucking revelation. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not because I've talked to about it with a lot of my friends, and I don't want to. I don't want to tell this story and make people think that I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm not. But one night I was sitting here and somebody sent me a message on Twitter or whatever and said, somebody's looking at your like DVD in the DVD shop. And he, he said this, I won't, I won't like, I'm not, it doesn't matter what weight the guy was, but his tweet said some fat guys looking at Will Anderson's DVD in the shop. And he just said, I would drown Will Anderson. And I was like, wow, like some dude, that I've never met yeah. hates me so much that he would murder me. No, but you know like, what? It's, he it's, would drown me. It's jealousy. No, no, no. I don't care what it is. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not offended by it. No, I, under- I know. What I understand, a weird thing to say. Like, <laughs> you want to drown you. To know, because to go back to this point that we were making, right. I genuinely, in my life, I, I understand that more people will not like my comedy than will like it. I like that some people like it yeah. and spend enough for me to earn my living. I think that's great. You know, I, I'm <laughs> fine with that as a world. But what have I done to make in that just one trying person... to tell jokes to people that has made this man want to drown me? <laughs> Specifically know how to kill you. But not, only, yeah, and that's a painful way to fucking die. Yeah. But also, not only that he wants to drown me, but is willing to say out loud in a public place that he... to no one that he wants to drown me. <laughs> I mean, you really got to give it. I mean, he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants. He's making a declaration about it. Right. So. Well, that was the worst thing. He also had a copy of The Secret and a vision board. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so people can find your album. It's called Scaredy Cat. They can find it everywhere that albums mm-hmm. are found. Uh, on Twitter, your handle is... At T-O-E-K-1-1. 
K-N-E-E-S-A-M. At Tony Sam. Yes, exactly. I want to make it as difficult as possible. For people to find. Well, it's a funny, it's a funny, fun right. Twitter it's handle. It's a fun way of saying my name. Every time it comes up on my Twitter feed, it always... It makes you smile. It makes me smile. <laughs> it does. You're like, why haven't I blocked this guy yet? <laughs> I like that you've taken an already adorable name and, right. and, and just gone, no, 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 we can take this up right. another I level. I can make it cuter. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, what about uh, dates and stuff? This is going to go up for your birthday tomorrow. So um, do you have any dates or stuff that people can see you? Uh, that, or is there a place that people can find information about that? Yeah, they can check out. Uh, I tried to go more to Tumblr than my website because it just seemed easier to update. If you check, it's TonySamComedy.tumblr.com. Dot com, uh, But uh, anyone in L.A., if you want to check out our new show at The Backyard I was telling you about, it's the 19th. We got uh, Matt Bronger, Alice uh. Wetterland, uh, Megan Neuringer, uh, and Mo Mandel. That's and I a think, yeah. fucking solid lineup of yeah, comedians. it's great. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'd love to have, when you're back, we'd love to have you do it. I'd love to come and do it. That'd be brilliant. Deal. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> You're booked, kid. You're going to make it. You got a future. <laughs> uh, people can see me uh, tonight uh, when this comes out. Uh, tonight in Norman in Oklahoma. Uh, then uh, tomorrow night uh, through the weekend, I will be at uh, Dallas in, at Hyenas. Hyenas in Dallas. Uh, for the rest of the week. So come out and see those shows if you're in the area. That'd be really cool. Then I'll be back in Australia, Darwin, on Wednesday. Uh, three shows in Perth, Willuminati with Justin Hamilton, uh, and then Kalgoorlie on the Sunday. A week at the Comics Lounge with Limo, Justin Hamilton, Becky Lucas, and Michael Chamberlain one night. Uh, the week after that in in Melbourne. And then uh, Philly the week after that, Denver the week after that. But I'll put all the dates and uh, details for all those gigs uh, on podcasts in the future. Hey, thanks for doing the podcast. This was fun. <laughs> Thank you, it. Will.